Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. It's Friday the 18th of October. Coming up, Rochester teacher relives Cambodia explosion. So I could just hear this massive boom and then like the flames just went all the way in front of us. And then I could just see them coming all the way back towards us. Woman has bag stolen while suffering epileptic seizure. I'm not bothered about food gone missing. As far as I care, they can choke on it. And what life is really like at the circus. I'd never even been to see a circus. And there was literally a TV programme on at the time of celebrities trying to do circus stuff. And I was like, oh, that looks really cool. I want to try that. Kent Online News. Well, we start today with a Rochester teacher who's been recalling the moment she suffered severe burns when a fuel tanker exploded as she travelled back to the school where she was working in Cambodia. 22-year-old Zoe Elatheriu was riding past the petrol station with her colleague when it happened in the resort town of Siem Reap in August. It killed three people and left 13 others badly injured. Well, the former Thomas Aveling pupil suffered burns to 40% of her body and has undergone skin grafts since being able to return to the UK in September. She's been speaking to us from her home in Medway. So I was on the moto and we're driving back and unfortunately as we're driving back to school uh, we go past the LPG station and I could see what I thought was smoke at the time but what I've now been like educated to be actual gas uh, was leaking from the top and I was like oh my gosh that's a that's a gas station I was like we need to go but um, as much as what I probably wanted to just like you know floor it in such a slight way of saying it it was a major crossroad so I had to make sure that it was clear because otherwise I'd probably get hit by a car or another moto Uh, so it was clear so I looked it was clear so I was able to go for the first bit but then it's like a, a crossroad the other side also so as I was checking to make sure that that side was clear it just exploded um so I could just hear this massive boom and then like the flames just went all the way in front of us and then I could just see them coming all the way back towards us. So it was able to get us on our left and right side. Uh, I dropped the moto because I thought this is petrol, this is going to explode. Uh, so I dropped it and I'm running up the road thinking that Abby was behind me. Uh, but I can just hear her screaming, I'm on fire, I'm on fire. And I turn around, she's rolling around on the road. Uh, so I go back to her, I pat her down and they're like, you're not on fire, you're not on fire. I was like, but we need to go because we're still now next to the moto and the LPG station thinking it's going to explode again. Uh, so we go to these Cambodians and you know we're like we're there and we're like oh my gosh there's a, like you know freaking out of it and she's there she's like what do I look like and I can't even see what I look like but I can see that she hasn't got eyebrows she hasn't got eyelashes um, and like almost the best way to explain it is like you know like how her, like you have a face mask like those peel off ones it was like that her skin was not attached to her face if that made sense it was all just lifted off her face and I was there and I was like, you look like me. There was no way I could go into that sort of detail with her. I was just there and I was like, you look like me. You have to. We've both been in the same situation. Um, unfortunately, the Cambodians, we looked very interesting. You know, there's just been an explosion. They was all just taking out their phones and taking photos and videos. So I was there and I was like, we need to go to school and they're going to help us. So uh, we were really close to school anyway, which was great. So we just had to go down the road um, and turn right. And then the school was there. And all the teachers and students were waiting outside the school because they heard the explosion. So there's kind of like, oh, watching to see what happened. I don't think they was expecting to see us two walk around the corner. You can also watch a report on that story at Kent Online. Kent Online reports. A Tunbridge Wells man who stabbed his wife after making her lie on a bed with her face covered has been sent to prison for more than 13 years. Sean May was heard to be suffering from a personality disorder when he carried out the attack at their home on Station Road. 
The 34-year-old was found guilty of attempted murder. The family of a teenager who died in a crash on the A249 are going to be holding a vigil to mark the first anniversary of her death. 15-year-old Georgia Mann was in a car that had broken down near Bobbing last October when it was hit by a van. Her family have also started a campaign so we all know how to stay safe if our vehicle breaks down. Controversial plans to expand a park and ride in Canterbury have been deferred. We told you earlier in the week campaigners weren't happy with a decision by planners at the City Council to back making the facility in Wincheap bigger. It was expected to be approved by full council last night but some technicalities need looking into. A decision will be made at another date. A woman has spoken out after her travel and shopping bags were stolen when she suffered an epileptic seizure while waiting for a bus in Canterbury. The thief also rummaged through Nicola Kennedy's handbag before running off with an £80 cabin bag containing clothes and an iPad. Queuing up, uh, waiting, ready to get on the bus. Um, everything seems normal. And when looking up, the bus had pulled out. They're gone. And when looking down, where's my case? Where's, you know, my shopping bag? You know, looking in the handbag in a panic. That's when I noticed, you know, I've been mugged. You know, I'm not, ba- I'm not bothered about food gone missing. As far as I care, they can choke on it. What hurts the most is, you know, my main priorities, you know, my iPad, you know, some fog out there, some scum has got that now, you know, they can wear my dirty clothes, I'm not, I'm not bothered, what hurts the most is, someone that's got a small job, you know, only earns a little bit of money, £67 a week, you know, that's what hurts the most, knowing that the case that you've earned your own money with, has gone and what you know family and friends have got given you gift vouchers in the past to earn that bit of money you know to pay for your case you know for someone like that you know that's taken a lot of time to earn to make that profit you know and knowing that some fog out there you know is probably used a bit of pliers just to unlock the case you know what hurts the most is iPad out there, it's out there somewhere even now, look I'm getting even tearful about it, you know, same with my case, you've got screaming and shouting where are you, you know they're not, in, they're not insured you know, that's what hurts the most, knowing someone's probably putting that up on eBay or sending it down you know down the local roads, you know when they sell it, what, for a packet of fags or, you know for a few bit of alcoholics or drugs you know what are they going to gain from it what do they find it funny police say they're investigating and looking through cctv an Ashford woman who caused the death of her friend in a crash as they travelled to a wake has avoided being sent to jail. Mildred Matete was killed when Veronica Beppe pulled in front of another vehicle on Seven Mile Lane in East Peckham in December 2017. The 48-year-old from St Anne's Road was found guilty of causing death by careless driving in August. She's now been given a suspended sentence, ordered to do 100 hours of unpaid work and banned from getting behind the wheel for four years. A chatter man who broke into churches and 
stole from shops across Medway has been sent to prison for three and a half years. 34-year-old Danny Arnold from Waghorn Street carried out his crime spree between May and July. A court heard how he was linked to a church break-in in Gillingham when his DNA was found in blood there. A festival of light is taking place in Dartford tonight. It's the 11th year it's happened and is designed to celebrate the local community while showing off work being done by young people to promote respect, friendship and equality. Eight schools will be taking part. There'll be a lantern parade through the town to Central Park before a fireworks display. Kent Online reports. A Kent woman has been telling Kent Online how watching a reality show inspired her to run off and join the circus. Jackie Louise Armstrong from Romney Marsh had been watching Cirque du Celebrity after finishing her degree at Canterbury Christchurch Uni. She's now one of the performers at Zippos, which has recently been in Medway. I originally went to university, Canterbury University, and done a degree in theatre studies. And then I was just looking at different types of performing. Um, I'd never even been to see a circus and there was literally a TV programme on at the time of celebrities trying to do circus stuff and I was like, oh that looks really cool, I want to try that and literally looked up circus schools and within three months I was gone and never went home. When you first looked at circus schools, I mean, because Zippo's presumably wasn't the first place you ended up working out, was it? It was, yes. Oh, was it? Yes, because the um, circus school is run by Zippo's. It's not been out for the last few years, but he used to have a, it was a touring circus school. So we would tour and train for six months, 12 hours a day, put the tent up, train all weekdays, and then we'd do shows at the weekends. Um, and then at the end of the six months, Martin would hire whichever students he wanted for the show. So I've not worked here continuously for 12 years, but I've been on and off, come back. I always seem to get drawn back, I suppose. <laughs> Does it end up being that you, you kind of get offered performances in different circuses or in different theatres and things like that? Yeah, so each contract is like yearly or seasonally, so Christmas should get a different contract. Um, so once your contract is finished for the year, then you either stay with the same show if they want you to stay or you'll look for work other circuses and they'll offer you jobs for the year. So what do you do when, when you're on off seasons and you get a chance to have a break, where do you go? I go home still to mum and dad down by the camp sands. They still live there. Okay, and it's because you, because you, it's kind of a love story as well, isn't it? So you, you, uh, you met someone here. Yep, we met here 2011. Volta came here with the Globe, started working here. Uh, we got together near the end of the year in September been together since eight years now and so what's it like um being a, a kind of circus family well it's not only us when it's when you're in the circus everyone is the whole family like literally if i'm in the ring one of the dancers will have lexi backstage or if me and volta want to go out on date night you've got five other people oh we'll look after lexi everyone wants to look after her so it's not just us in our family it's everyone and with the circus it feels like the thing that brings you all together is your occupation. Like yeah. it, everyone speaks different languages and you've all had different backgrounds, but what comes back to it is the performance aspect of it. Yeah, literally. We have people from 10 different countries here, you know, 10 different races. It's amazing. It's the most, what's the word, diverse group of people that all, and age doesn't matter, even the circus. You can go out and socialise with the 17 year old in the ring and the 40-year-old in the ring all together. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm not going to hang out with her because she's only 17. Everyone is just the same. Yeah. Do you feel like you've learnt a lot from being around... Because presumably when you grew up, I mean, I, I grew up in Kent and I can't say it was the most, the most diverse place in the world. So did you feel <laughs> yeah. like when you joined the circus, you got to meet all these people from different countries, you met, you, you learnt quite a lot from Yeah, them. definitely. I mean, I, when me and Volta first got together, 
I didn't even know where Brazil was. I had to look on a map to find where Brazil was because I'm useless at geography. I've definitely learned a lot about geography. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Zippos itself, um, Zippos only do stuff in the UK or do they do stuff abroad as well? Um, the... We have a different company, a different show, which is um, Cirque Berserk, which is part of Zippo's. Um, and when we run that show, we take that show abroad sometimes. Um, we've been over... We do a lot in Scotland with Zippo's, but with Berserk, we've been to Holland, Ireland, Denmark, Belgium. So we do get to go other places as well. That's amazing. And um, when you... Do you, have, do, you, I mean, do you ever connect with some of the people that you used to go to school with and you used to know from university and stuff? Do you, do you ever speak to those people? Yeah, occasionally. Not as much as I'd like to. It's really difficult to keep in touch with people when you're moving all the time. I can imagine, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I've still got my best friends at home from when we grew up, you know. So I'm always at home in January, so always trying to have a catch-up in January. Um, and then a few of my college friends will try and come to see the show every now and then, and it's nice. That's really nice. Do you think it's an inevitable, almost, that Lexi will end up being a performer in some ways definitely <laughs> she loves the motorbikes already she's got her own little motorbike already Jermaine brought her a motorbike for her birthday amazing <laughs> um, she already like does a little compliment if you say to her if you just say da da she goes da and she puts her arms up so yeah she's definitely going to be in the ring <laughs> but only if she wants to I'm not going to force her to do it you know and how will it work when, when she gets old enough to, to kind of go to school will you guys um, well I'm at the moment in my head I'm thinking I can probably do like homeschooling. There's a thing called distance learning, I think it's called. So the schools will send out schoolwork to travelling kids, and so they sit and have to do their schoolwork at home. Um, I think I can do homeschooling for primary school level, and then when it gets to secondary school, you know, that's 10 years down, 14 years down the line, we'll think about it then, you know. It seems like well, that's one of those places, no matter what background you come from, no matter what your experiences have been, if you're willing to kind of um, perform and, 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 and do this, then, then yeah. you're going to be who you, you want know, to it's, be. Yeah, you know, it's hard work. You know, a lot of people think we do nothing all day and then we do five minutes in the ring and that's all we have to do. But, you know, we put the tent up, we, you know, I sell the tickets, I have to sell the lights, so I have to open all the lights ready, you know, we have to do everything. And while you've heard of the greatest showman, Norman Barrett is the man himself and at 83 is the longest serving ringmaster. My dad was a, a farmer, lived in Yorkshire, had a great hobby of training animals, the far, all the farm animals, the horses, the dogs, the sheep, the pigs, to do circus tricks. Somebody heard about this crazy uh, farmer in Yorkshire from the circus, went to see him. This is in the 19, 1920s. And they went to see him, liked what they saw, offered him a job. So he uh, still kept the farm, went with the circus, and he stayed with them for about eight weeks. Then he thought, well, I can do this job myself. So he ran his own circus up until the start of the, for the Second World War. And then I came along, and then he started again, which he ran for four years. And at the end of the day, he, to be very honest, he was a good animal trainer, but a terrible, terrible businessman, and lost his money. And uh, I first went in the ring when I was 10, and uh, I was, went with a show called Harry Cody's. Then my dad ran his own second circus again, which closed, and I was made, made into a clown, and I hated being a clown, but I had to do it. And I was the world's worst clown, I don't mind admitting it. And then my dad, as I said before, was a good animal trainer. And then I went, uh, I 
went as a clown and then I joined Bertram Mill Circus as an assistant horse trainer and I learned to do many, many different acts there. And then I went with, uh, sorry, before that, yes, went after. And then I went to a circus called the Robert Brothers Circus after, and um, Kitty Roberts said to me, Norman, you're a terrible clown, but you would make a, a good ringmaster. So that's what I did, and that was in about 1951, 52. And um, she's the one that put me in a red coat, and I've been in a red coat ever since. And uh, yeah. Well, what, what does a ringmaster do? Well, you're responsible for everything that's in the ring. For the, uh, we, we have a, a circus director that directs the show. Him and I consult on how we set props and everything like that. And I just <coughs> have a course to do all the announcements. But you've got to make sure that the people are properly dressed, if there's any problems, program changes. But you're kind of the host, the compare, and make sure all the props go in at the right time. You know, you don't actually physically have to do it. You have to be there just to control it. Something's set, set wrong, you have to say to the boys, you've got to do that right, whatever. It, it's, it's kind of an interesting, I just love doing it. I've, well, I've done it for a long time, obviously. And I just do it, I get a lot out of it. And then, you know, I do my own act. I do an act with budgies, would you believe? I've done it for a long time, want to continue doing it. Um, you know, people say, when are you going to retire? And I always say, and do what? This is what I do. This is my, my life, my wife's life. This is what we do. And just, I mean, I dread today, I dread to think of the day when it comes along that I don't, I can't do it. And I, I don't know what I would do. And I keep thinking to myself, what will I do when I stop? And I suppose we, we're at the end of the day, we're all a little bit, we show business minded. We, we kind of, you know, we just like to do our thing. You know, we're all very normal people, but that's the thing. Okay, we'll get paid to do, but that's the thing we really enjoy to do. And apart from that, coming into a, um, looking after a ringmaster job, I mean, I suppose I spend, it's good to keep a, an eye on everybody, and if everybody has problems, wants doctors, dentists, you try and help them. So you like, well, a lot of them people, a lot of the stuff, the, the, all the uh, Kenyan people call me Papa. To all, to bow the man, I'm Uncle Norman you know, or Uncle Norm, which is nice, and I think it's nice. But at the end of the day, we all rely on each other. We're all a big family. This family thing, and I try and create every, I start every day. I go up to all the staff, whoever, if it's a tentman outside, or they come to me now, shake hands, morning guys, how are you? Morning, morning. All the girls in the box, obviously, always get a kiss. And that's, that's what it's very, very special. We have, I respect everybody that whatever capacity they're doing in the show, they should be treated correctly. And like the men that build a tent up, we need the men that build a tent up. We, the people that go in the ring, yes, we need them. If we do use having a show and no tent, or vice versa. And to me, everybody, but everybody, but everybody is on the same plane. And if there was a dispute between a, an artist and a ringmaster, I ran home and I'm one of the workers, I wouldn't just stick up for the, the artist, who's ever, I'm, I'm very fair, I'm correct in that way, and I believe you build respect that way.
when people are doing acts, they're doing it for the satisfaction of themselves, the satisfaction of the audience. They don't want to let the audience down. They don't want to let themselves down. And it's your pride that is at stake. And if you are getting a pound for a show or a thousand pounds for a show, the pound show will be equally as good as a thousand pound show. Because the moment that music starts, it's you. That's what I do. That's why I'm there. You know, and me as a ringmaster, I think my job is like a salesman. I am selling a product to you, the audience. Whatever words I use to build it up, but it's selling on. You know, it's kind of a good salesman is if you go into a shop to buy a blue suit and he hasn't got a blue suit, but he finally convinces you, you should have a black suit. That's a good sense. And that's what I consider myself. I'm a salesman selling a product to the people. You can hear more from our chats and to find out what life is really like at the circus at kentonline.co.uk. And just days after a whale died in the River Thames, another one has washed up at Gravesend. Hessie the humpback was hit by a ship and died last week. The body of another whale has been spotted at the town's pier and is being taken to Denton Wharf to be examined. Kent Online Sport. Football, and it could be a tough game for Gillingham as they welcome third place Peterborough United to Priestfield in League One this weekend. The Jules go into the match off the back of a 0-0 draw away to Portsmouth last Saturday. They'll be hoping to make it three games unbeaten and move up from 15th in the table. And it's a significant game for Jules manager Steve Evans, who faces his former side for the first time. I think the focus has just been it's it comes down to 11 players v 11 or 14 against 14, but. There's no hidden secret from me. I've lived in the city for, for nearly 30 years. I was very proud and honoured to be given the opportunity to manage it. And um, and what will come on that team coach is a lot of players that myself and Paul Rain have worked with. Uh, added to that some other excellent acquisitions that they've made. And, um, and they're enjoying a fine season under a good manager who I've known for a long time. So it'll be a tough game, but it's obviously a game that They'll give us a real benchmark to where we are. You know, we had that against Pompey last week. Um, we were very solid and strong, and we'll need to be that way tomorrow. They've got brilliant supporters. My family will be amongst them in that way, and brilliant supporters. Uh, they care about the club. But my job tomorrow is to is to try and come up with a plan to to beat a team who I reckon have, have really kicked on from last season. The, the, the recruitment in the summer was nothing short of fantastic. You know, when you can go and bring the likes of Mo Eisen and you've really kept Madison and kept um, people at Dembele, although he's not been figuring, and kept Tony and I could keep going. They've got, they've got a wonderful squad, but our job is to try and take three points from them tomorrow. Listen, we'll, we'll have a plan. Well, we've got good players. You know, we've got good players. We need our players to, we've said it, I've said it this week, we need our players to be at our very best to give us a chance. What, what we're playing against is and it, not only an excellent 11, but as we've seen last week when we Siriki, who I signed as well, or helped sign because that pays the money, um, you bring him off the bench and it's what a talent to be saying he's not starting on League One. So, um, so the 14 players, that whoever take the, uh, the field against Porsche, if they use all the substitutes, and, a, and for me a brilliant manager in Darren, then you, uh, it makes it a stern task for us. But we've got good players, we have a plan and we need to execute that plan to its maximum to get to get any points tomorrow, never mind get all three. We just need to be careful that we don't we, we don't leave ourselves open. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the the wonderful thing that you you have if you're Darren Ferguson, you can be under a little bit of pressure and you can break with the quality they've got in front areas and, and suddenly find yourself a couple of goals in front and not had a lot of the ball or they can dominate and be on the front foot as well but um, we, we just have to be careful that we, we don't leave ourselves open but at the same time we need to have more penetration and more in the final third than we had at Portsmouth last week. We were very disciplined and very good off the ball mm-hmm. um, and probably in forward areas not as good on the ball as, as we can be, not as we should be, as we can be because we've got some talent in front of us. We've got good players, we need to have players to play at the best tomorrow and if, we, if our players really play at the best tomorrow, it is game on. People that know me, I think Darren's touched on it, I, I want to be competitive and I want to win every game. You know, I, I have... I've got an apology to both my daughters. They've never, they've never beat me at snakes and ladders. They've never beat me at Monopoly. I turn the board if I'm getting beat because um, I'm a winner. So do I want to beat Porsche tomorrow? Of course I do. Will I respect them and wish them good luck in every other game? Yes, because I know what Peterborough United in the championship meant to my home city, my, my adopted home city, if you like. It, it was wonderful to see. And there's still some fantastic people there. But I want to beat them tomorrow. I was beat them, Porsche home and away finish near those players posh go up a great season that's it for now but for more news throughout the day you can of course head to kentonline.co.uk news you can trust this is the kent online podcast